Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Eagles, your source for the best Eagles news and analysis. I am your host, Michael Kist, a writer for Breaking Football. You can follow me on Twitter at Michael J. Kist. That's K-I-S-T, like Sun Kiss. Look, before we kick off the festivities today, I wanted to give a quick shout out to some of the other great shows on the Locked On Network. If you're like me and you're an NFL Draft junkie, I highly recommend you check out Locked On NFL Draft with my friends John Ledyard and Trevor Sykema. They do a commendable job providing year-round draft coverage and are two of my favorite follows. John also just started Locked On Steelers, and it's a tremendous show for all you Steelers fans out there. Also check out Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. Matt is a former scout that provides fantastic coverage of all 32 teams. There is some breaking news that I wanted to talk to you guys about before we got into the meat and potatoes topic of this podcast. Uh, one of that is Malcolm Smith, the linebacker of the 49ers, formerly with the Raiders and Seahawks, tearing his peck, and he is out for the year. Now, if you remember correctly, the trade rumors around Michael Kendricks and the 49ers were very real. They were very close to a deal. And then the 49ers drafted Reuben Foster when he fell to them in the draft. Now, the 49ers have signed uh, a guy to replace Smith, but not really. He's some guy that spent 10, year, uh, 10 days with the Jets. And if you get cut by the Jets with their roster, then you're probably not all, not all that great. I think that's something to look for as we move ahead in this offseason. Those talks could ramp up again. And I, I don't think Michael Kendricks is the greatest fit for this defense, especially if we don't use him in what he's good at. He only blitzed nine times last year. Uh, so Jim Schwartz has seemed kind of inflexible with how he wants to use Kendricks and his role in this defense. It just it just doesn't gel. So the other news I wanted to talk with you guys about is Quincy Anunua, the supposed wide receiver one for the New York Jets. We were just talking about them. He's down for the year. What does that mean for the Jets? And is it a possibility that these Jordan Matthews trade rumors, well, there there's obviously going to be trade rumors, but you know, might there be any fire behind that smoke with him possibly being dealt to the Jets? Because from all accounts, Nelson Aguilar is having the camp of his life and they want to use him in the slot. And Daniel Jeremiah recently said that, you know, he was going to play in the slot. So that's a very real possibility that talks are going on right now to send Jordan Matthews to the Jets who are starving for veteran talent at the wide receiver position. Because right now, it looks like Ardarius Stewart and you know Chad Hansen, both rookies, just saw a significant increase in their snap count. So it would behoove the Jets to try to get some targets in there to help uh, whatever quarterback they're gonna, they're going to use there. So that's something that you should look for and follow and see if there's some fire to the smoke that's out there as we move forward in this offseason. So yesterday I told you guys to go to my Twitter timeline and to vote on a over/under for the Eagles' wins this year. Vegas had it set at eight, and the options were over eight wins, 
under eight wins or a push with eight wins. And I got to say, I think there's uh, some more Cowboys and Redskins fans and Giants fans uh, as my followers that I would like to believe. The under at eight wins won with 36%, over eight wins was 33%, and then a push was 31%. So pretty close, pretty, pretty close results. So before we dive into the schedule and pick it apart and do all that stuff, I, I, I want to go on a quick digression here and talk about a certain website's power rankings. Now, today, Chris Sims of Bleacher Report dropped his rankings and apparently simultaneously lost his mind. Allow me to explain. He ranked the Eagles 23rd in the NFL. 23rd. My first thought when I saw this was, of course, Chris Sims wouldn't understand the concept of a quarterback in this league taking strides in their second year. It's kind of like a lifetime vegan saying that real bacon doesn't taste good. They just wouldn't know because they never experienced it. No offense to my vegan friends. Love you. Now, I've never really followed Chris Sims, and this is my first real exposure to his takes, but if his opinions are anything like his dad's, you should feel comfortable knowing that the odds of him being wrong are very real. For example, now you can debate the Eagles being 23rd. Personally, I would disagree, but I would also understand that this team has a lot to prove and some holes on the defense, but I have no idea how he justifies having the Baltimore Ravens ranked 10th that's like flat earth caliber bonkers. So how many days without a season ending injury have the Ravens had this camp? So you can run down the list real real quick. Offensive lineman John Urschel retired. Second year cornerback Tavon Young is out for the year with a torn ACL. Second year running back Kenneth Dixon out for the year with a torn meniscus. Tight ends Crockett Gilmore and Dennis Pitta won't play this year. Cornerback Jimmy Smith is having more issues with his foot, and he's honestly been a shell of his former self. Their offseason and training camp has been one disaster after another. So is Sims counting on Flacco magically returning to his 2013 playoff form? There are several things I would rather watch than the Ravens' offense this year. And one of those things includes flying Chris Sims to the Himalayas and following him with the National Geographic camera crew to track him down like a bull snow leopard. But look, this is an Eagles show, so I'll stop there. Just make sure you take whatever you read about the Eagles with a gigantic grain of salt, is, is all I'm trying to say. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will help you get closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I actually just used SeatGeek to buy tickets to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New England Patriots in Week 5. It was super easy. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and to find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. 
Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now, without further ado, let's dig into the 2017 Eagles schedule uh, before week 10, which is going to be our bye week. The first thing that jumps out to me in our first six games, we're on the road five times. We have to be better on the road this year. There's no question about it. One in seven on the road last year is just abysmal. And if that doesn't change, we could end up treading water very early in the season. And I want you to keep in mind with that one in seven, one of those wins was very early in the season when we started out 3-0, and and that was against the Bears. We are on a seven-game road skid. So we opened the season on the road against the Redskins. Last year, uh, we had two one-score losses to them. This year in free agency, they lost Deshaun Jackson. Uh, they got Terrell Pryor. Jamison Crowder always seems to be open, and Jordan Reed is a matchup nightmare. And it, with any of these matchups, my main concern is going to be the passing game of some of these teams. Because, look, the, the book is out on the Eagles. They can't stop the pass. So that's got to change quickly and look with the matchup that Terrell Pryor is going to get is Rasul Douglas going to be lining up across from Pryor I worked film for five games of Pryor this summer with the scouting academy and his releases especially against Josh Norman when the Browns played the Redskins when there was press coverage he was really impressive and he can win the release in a variety of ways so that matchup could be either fun because Rasul likes to press, or could be really horrifying to watch. Week two, we travel to Kansas City, which is an extremely tough place to play, extremely loud. Uh, we'll win or lose, how smoothly this offense operates against that defense, and with that noise, I mean, that's going to tell you a lot about where they are as a unit. They have to be on the same page with nonverbal communication really early in the season in a hostile environment. So that's going to be a good litmus test for them. And then you get to week three against the Giants. And this is going to give us our first look at the Giants' revamped passing attack against the Eagles' secondary. Again, I I can't help but focus on these passing matchups. And obviously, as these matchups come closer, we're going to delve into a lot of different things and, you know, offensive line versus defensive line, things like that. But, you know, with our cornerback situation, it's, it's going to be something to follow. But look, we've had the Giants' number. Recently, we've won five of the last six. So, you know, it... At home against the Giants, I'm probably going to count that as a win. So week four, we travel to play the Chargers, which if recent history is any indicator, we will be playing their second or third string at a variety of positions due to injuries. Mike Williams is uh, their first round draft pick. Mike Williams uh, season is is kind of in doubt with that back injury. You never know with Keenan Allen if he's going to be available. So, I mean, then you start digging down the depth chart and who knows with them. They, They have already lost Forrest Lamp for the year, which was unfortunate. I really loved his game. And he and Elfline were, I thought, going to transform that line and really provide some good running lanes for Melvin Gordon, who I believe is underrated. But that's a that's a story for, for another day. I'm kind of a running back junkie, so I've watched a lot of these running backs. And Gordon's got a good game. It just hurts with Lamp being out. So 
in those first four games, three of which are on the road. I want to lean to three and one. I think two and two seems acceptable considering two divisional games. One is on the road um, and also a tough game against a playoff team in the Chiefs. And that's also on the road. So you can call those two losses just to be conservative here. In the next five games before the week 10 bye is Arizona at home, Carolina on the road, and then a three-game home stretch hosting the Washington Redskins, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Denver Broncos. Now, I'd count the Cardinals as a win just to start this five-game stretch off. It is not easy to limit what David Johnson can do to you. He can line up out wide. I mean, he can, he can do everything you want from the modern NFL running back. And one of the guys that I studied for Scouting Academy when I was looking at the running back position, he was one of the examples, along with Le'Veon Bell, to say, hey, this is the guy with all of the tools you want at the position, and he does them at an elite level. I think he's going to have another fantastic season. I mean, he's just absolutely amazing. So stopping him should absolutely be priority number one. And you know what? If you sacrifice some of the past game and, and, and put it on Carson Palmer, I don't think Palmer has much left in the tank or left on that arm. And I think we win the turnover battle in that situation. So with Carson declining, Palmer that is, not Wentz, with Carson Palmer declining, uh, I'm going to count this as a W for the Eagles at home. Then you move on to Carolina. Now, you got to hope Carolina is still drunk off that Super Bowl hangover that affected them last year because they added some some quickness and some speed and some matchup pieces to that offense when they drafted Curtis Samuel out of Ohio State, the running back slash wide receiver, and Christian McCaffrey. And look, Christian McCaffrey can play running back or wide receiver. I was just on uh, Breaking the Plane with Mark Schofield with uh, Inside the Pylon, and we were talking about how do you count their personnel. Curtis Samuel, who wears, I believe, number 10, and, and Christian McCaffrey are in the backfield. Is that 31 personnel? Is that three running backs? Do you count it like that? Do you count it as two wide receivers? Do you count it as one running back and one wide receiver? How how do you match up against that? And everyone's seen the clip of Kish, Christian McCaffrey uh, to, toasting dudes. So, you know, that that's going to be a fun offensive to watch, and, and it's going to be terrifying to try to defend against. Uh, now, on the flip side of that, you've got to think that our offensive weapons can do some damage to that secondary. I think Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey should have – he should just feast on them. So, I mean, it could really go either way with that game. Now, if we take care of business at home against the Skins in the next week, we route the rebuilding 49ers, which shouldn't be too hard. Shanahan, you know, won't have his full plan in place by then. And then you don't get annihilated by the wood chipper that is the Broncos defense. This could be a very interesting and important stretch for us. And if we stick with the conservative 2-2 two and two to start the season and look at how these five games could play out, let's say we take the Cardinals at home continue our road struggles against Carolina, which is fair to say, then take two straight against the Skins and the 49ers. That puts the Eagles at 5-3, and three, entering Week 9 at home against the Broncos. And if this were an away game, I would be very concerned. Denver's edge rushers do a fantastic job learning and offensive keys when it comes to timing the snap. And the results of that study is amplified 10 times when they're at home. So you have some hope that maybe some of that is mitigated by them being on the road. And you also have to hope that Jason Peters is healthy. And you have to hope that Lane Johnson doesn't take any more aminos or whatever. 
still with that being so close in my mind as far as that matchup goes I'll err in the way of caution I'll just chalk it up to a loss just for this experiment because that's what sets up a point I want to make tomorrow for the schedule after the bye week so that puts us at five and four and in play for a playoff spot and in contention in the divisional race with two very important games in the back half of the schedule. Now, those two games are against the Dallas Cowboys, who, you know, could be the front runner at that point. And if you want to learn more about the Cowboys, I'm going to recommend one more show to you from the Lockdown Network. Check out Marcus Mosier at Lockdown Cowboys. I know he's the enemy, but he does fantastic work. And if you want to know what the Cowboys are looking like this year, he is a he is a must listen. He's fantastic. He does great work. So give him a listen as well. And tomorrow we're going to be delving into the back half of this schedule. Also some more training camp news to talk about. And we'll see where it goes. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening and joining me on this journey. If you want to interact with me on Twitter, again, I'm at Michael J. Kist. You can also use the hashtag LockedOnEagles and ask me any and all questions Eagles related. And I will do my best to answer those You know, every day as I talk with you here throughout the week. Go ahead and ask me those questions. Remember just to use the hashtag LockedOnEagles. I'll just search that hashtag and, and find you. But again, thank you for listening. And remember, keep it locked on here on Locked On Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.